Welcome to the 98th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and reality TV connoisseur, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How are you, Simon Eady? General Kenobi is quite good, Adrian. He's quite good. Kenobi. That's good to hear. Yeah. It sure is. It sure is. Should I continue the whole podcast like this? What do you think? <laughs> I think that's a great idea, and you definitely should, and there's no take-backs. Okay, then. Well, Adrian, I, I had an okay week. I, it wasn't that spectacular, but there were some good, uh, some weird uh, moments in the film and TV industry. Uh, for instance, we saw the uh, Avatar A Way of Water I think this accent's going a different way. <laughs> For a moment, there, it wasn't Scottish. I don't know if you noticed. But anyway, <laughs> there was an Avatar The Way of Water uh, trailer in the uh, Multiverse of Madness movie. Do you remember this? I do, yeah. Yeah, so it uh, did quite well. It, that, of course, was in theaters uh, before it launched on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But then it launched on YouTube, Adrian. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You dared me. What? What? If you take the dare back, I might stop this annoying nonsense. But this is your fault, anyways. <laughs> so, the trailer launched on YouTube after the movie launched, and uh, it was a couple days after. I think it was on Monday or something. But anyways, uh, the movie that uh, movie trailer. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie trailer did remarkably well. It had one hundred and forty-eight point six million views. Views on its first 24 hours. Did you know that? I didn't. Why? Why did it have so many views? Why do people care about this? The trailer, I don't even think was good. We watched it before Multi Strange of Mad Stranges, and the water looked beautiful. The way of the water was really nice, but I don't, I don't even know what that movie's going to be about. I don't really know how it is again i stand by the fact that the original avatar is not a good movie it's just fern gully it's just pocahontas whatever you want it's not a good movie now i'm not saying that the second movie is going to be bad because who knows maybe they're going to go in a unique direction i i do believe that the avatar universe the world they have set up is really interesting simon i will admit that but I, I, I just i still stand by the fact that i think that first movie isn't great and i'm shocked that what 10 years later more than 10 years later people are still interested in this franchise and so many people ran to their computer screens or their cellular device screen simon to watch this trailer i'm kind of confusion yes well adrian <laughs> i forgot you were doing that for a second honestly <laughs> as it turns out it isn't even cracking the top 10 in terms of viewership although that is very good it's actually quite a bit better than any of the Star Wars movies that launched in the recent years, uh, according to this uh, The Hollywood Reporter article. But I'm going to read the top 10 viewed trailers over the last little bit here. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Can you guess 
which movie it was that had the trailer that actually had uh, the, the, the number one spot, Adrian. Avengers Endgame. You're incorrect. It is Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, my goodness. Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, the trailer... Uh, which launched on August 23rd, 2021, garnered 355 million views. Are you, sorry, are you, are you making a toy set? Are you making Legos in the background? What is that noise? I heard silence and then just uh, fiddles. Sorry, sorry. I, uh, Ellie was just being all, all, I want to go sort of thing. So I, uh, I went to let her through. I want to go. I want to go where? To the other side of my home. Because she's like, I want to play right now. So she's going to go over, hang out with uh, my parents probably. Oh, I thought you were saying she needed to go wee-wee. I don't believe so. I let her out earlier. I think she's doing well in terms of her uh, bladder and her um, poop. (laughs) Yes. Very good. Very good. Anyway, um, do you want to hear the rest of the list or are you good? Um, well, you only said the first one, which is event or sorry, Spider-Man No Way Home. So what's number two, Simon? So number two is the one you guessed Avengers Endgame. It's number two. Spot. I knew it. That was my guess all along. Then number three is Avengers Endgame. And then number four Wait. is the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Wait, what's number two? Avengers Endgame. Uh, Jesus Christ. Then what's number three? Listen a little bit. You said you said Avengers Endgame, man. Wait, is Avengers Endgame both two and three? Yes, sir. Oh, because Avengers the... Endgame has the two and three spot because oh. there are two different trailers for Avengers Endgame. Okay. Okay. And then you got number four, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number five, Avengers Infinity War. Number six, The Lion King. Which is a weird one, to be quite frank. Yeah, that is a, that's an odd one. I, I wouldn't have guessed Lion King. Lion King's good, though. Neither would I. And the number seven is actually one that was quite recent. Thor, Love, and Thunder. Oh! At 209 million views. As, just keep in mind, of course, that Avatar The Way of Water was 148 million. And then we got number eight spot was It. The horror movie with the clown called It. Oh, by Andy Muschietti. Yes, that's right, Andy Muschietti. And then we've got by Andy Spaghetti. Uh no, number nine was Avengers: Infinity War again. What? But one of the trailers was 179 million. We're getting close. And then we've got Mulan, which is a very strange one, at 175 million. And I didn't actually particularly like that trailer because I can't even remember it. Be honest. Yeah, I, I don't remember it. But to be fair, I also don't remember the movie, and I think that's because I didn't watch the movie. Uh yes, uh yes, I did not watch it either. It's, mm-hmm. uh, to be to be honest, it was in the midst of a, a raging pandemic, and they wanted us to get a little, you know, that good old uh, what was it called again? Premium a- premium access, premier access on the good premier, yeah, premier on the yeah. good old the Disney Plus, and I said no, 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 no. Ah, 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 is what you said. Just for context, Avatar The Way of Water was also beaten. The trailer uh, viewership was also beaten by a good old movie called Fast, oh, F9, The Fast Saga. F9, yeah. Which nabbed 202.7 million online view. Wait a second. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> None of this makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, this doesn't make sense because Mulan was at 175 million views. And this is a, this is from... What is happening here? 
This doesn't make any sense, does it? Where are these numbers? Is Wikipedia wrong or is the Hollywood Reporter wrong? I don't know. Now I'm a different accent, Adrian. Now I'm just British. I noticed, yeah. Yes. Well, I'm still doing it, but I'm doing it a little bit differently. <laughs> Anyways, so that's the story there. So basically, <laughs> it seems strange, but uh, apparently Mulan is at 175 million, but it's somehow above uh, Fast 9, the Fast Saga, which is a little strange, but I can't explain it to you. Anyways, Adrian... Um, that's my story there. Or that, that I thought I found interesting. I I don't I don't hate uh, I don't hate that movie that you dislike so much. I don't really uh, dislike Avatar, the first Avatar movie by James Cameron. I think that it's okay. It's just uh, it's uh, it is following the the, the plot of uh, good old Pocahontas, and I don't uh, necessarily think it's very original. But the visuals are quite quite good. It's well paced. I think there's some good act- acting performances from various people like. Uh, good old Sam Rockwell and uh, Sigourney Weaver. And uh, I don't even know what accent I'm in now, but uh, <laughs> I thought that that was good. Sam Worthington was pretty good. You got uh, Zoe Saldana. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm not saying that the cast was bad. Hmm. I just think that the plot is wholly unoriginal and it it's a boring movie. I don't think it's boring. I think it was okay. I, I think that it's... Uh, it's kind of annoying that it is the same plot as another movie, but other than that, it's it's okay. I think mm-hmm. it's so. It's good to me. It's just not great, is what I would say. Yeah, you know what else isn't great, Simon? What, according to many people on the internet, is in the new Halo television series, which I have yet to watch, but I still want to watch. Master Chief had sexy times, Simon. I heard that. Mm-hmm. I heard that indeed. It's pretty strange that and, that happened, and it is pissing off the collective Halo community. Now, I'm a fan of Halo enough. Um, oh, are you a part of that community, do you think? No, I, I wouldn't say I am. Like, I, I really like the original Halo trilogy. I like Halo Reach. I didn't like Halo 4. I never played Halo 5. And when Halo Infinite came out, I played the multiplayer quite a bit. I just, I started the story, and Halo is so directly tied to... Uh, like a couch co-op experience for me that I didn't really want to play the entire campaign on my own. So I played it for a few hours and I was like, I'll get back to this. I don't really care too much about the story all that much. Um, Right, because they were supposed to launch a co-op campaign. Yeah, and it was supposed to launch, I think like at the start of season two, which they just launched early May and they delayed it even further. Uh, Anyways, it's not a video game podcast. Sorry, Ken, for talking about video games. But the Halo TV series, again... It's interesting because I feel like a lot of people didn't like it at first. And then I think episodes five and six in particular, a lot of people were like, damn, this show's actually getting good. It's hitting its stride. And then most recently in the latest episode, I think the penultimate episode, they had Halo uh, Halo Chief, Master Chief, have sex. And for fans of the video game franchise um, and like the lore behind Halo, uh, you would know that Master Chief doesn't fuck he doesn't fuck specifically because like he has been i don't want to say like chemically castrated but like he he is he's made specifically to have a low sex drive to be a amazing soldier right and they're kind of to remove distractions arguably yeah and and they they kind of went against that in this halo series now this isn't the first time where the the show has deviated a lot from the games i think the showrunners specifically said that they didn't even play the games they just took some of the lore and some of the ideas and are making their own original story out of it which is kind of silly which again i'm okay with to a certain extent but 
now they're taking some serious liberties and it's uh again really pissing off a lot of the community and not only that i don't want to spoil it here but i read some spoils on twitter that it's not just chief having sex that's the problem it's what happens because chief has sex that is really pissing a lot of people off and i don't know it's it's too bad to hear about that because again i feel like uh over the past couple weeks the halo series has been viewed very positively there's like a couple of like really awesome um battles and stuff that people were talking about and people were literally saying like oh it seems like the series hit its stride and then very quickly did that sort of conversation stop and people are now like actually never mind this show does suck it's too bad Mm -hmm. paramount has already um a you know, uh, renewed the series for a season two. So maybe they'll figure it out, but different showrunners, different, different, uh, showrunners there, Adrian. Oh, for season two. Mm, yes. So, uh, I don't know, like different showrunners can mean, you know, good and bad things. I think, uh, like I think about walking dead, how like, you know, they changed showrunners so often that it felt fairly inconsistent. And, you know, you get to like seasons like seven and eight where, you know, the show is kind of on like a downward spiral, but you get back into, I want to say season nine, I think is when they brought in Angela Kang who kind of, uh, righted the ship. So hopefully these new showrunners actually have, you know, played the games. They understand the lore. It's just one, sorry, sorry to say that. I, I, you know, you, you, you lock me into this accent thing and I, and I sometimes add S's to things. Understood. Yeah. I'm having troubles with, with the plurals, but, uh, David Weiner, a, uh, the showrunner of, uh, Brave New World is the new showrunner for season two of Halo. Brave New World. Yes. Yes, indeed. Like the Walking Dead Brave New World, or is that something different? Or no, that's Walking Dead World Beyond. I don't know what this Brave New World series is, so. Mm. Um, yes. But yeah, I don't know. But the old guys, the old guys are gone. That's the, that's the, that's the thing. Fair enough. But I don't know. Uh, the, the Halo series, I feel like it's unfortunate because I, like Halo has such rich lore. It's a really cool universe and stuff like that. And, um, you know, they could have made something really awesome and that at least respected some of the previous lore. But again, this is just me outside looking in. I haven't watched it. I do want to watch the show still. Uh, again, I think it's finishing this week, the first season. So maybe I'll do like a Paramount Plus trial and kind of binge it. But goddamn, there's just so much shit to watch. I don't even know. I still got to watch Ozark. I still got to, like, I'm just watching so much stuff. It's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's tough to stay up to it, which is funny because I, I didn't really watch anything this week. Um, hmm. I just, I feel like there's too much choice right now and it's like giving me anxiety and I don't know, I don't know what to consume. There's just too much shit. Um, and I also want to play video games and I just feel like, uh, yeah, man, there's just not enough time. Not enough time. My man here is overwhelmed is what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> One other thing I'd like to point out just, uh, you know, just as a conversation starter, a starter, Starter, that's how you would say that, I, I suppose, in this ridiculous version of the Scottish accent. Um, Adrian, Halo Master Chief, he also takes off his helmet to reveal Pablo Schreiber's face. They don't do mm. that, if I'm not mistaken, in the video game. They don't show his face off. Am I, am I incorrect on this? Um, as far as I'm aware, at least not in Halo, like the, the original trilogy nor do they show Chief's face in Halo 4. I don't know if they show him his face in Halo 5 or in Infinite at any point, but um, from like my knowledge is, yeah, you, you have never seen Chief's face in the games. Hmm. But they had to do that here, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I think... Maybe it was in Pablo Schreiber's uh, good old contract, maybe. 
Yeah, my um, my my friend Mike, uh, who's a big Halo fan, he actually was messaging me about the Halo se- uh, series and how kind of annoyed he is about it, um, and just kind of like talking about how like <laughs> like Chief just always keeps his hel- helmet off, like it's 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 just really stupid, and there's like a lot of serious like problems in the what they do changing specific characters and and how specific events kind of roll out is 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 frustrating um and you know they make some original characters as well uh and he argues that most of these like original characters kind of suck and aren't as interesting in the ones already made and uh his words was. Also with Halo, Chief needs to stop taking off his fucking helmet. Jesus Christ was literally one of the messages is he sent me. So um, mm. he's definitely not a fan of it. Um, and again, according to Twitter and uh, some people I follow, um, most people are not. Most people that are fans of the Halo franchise are not. Uh, I'm just going to say, I'm going to point out something real quick here. If you look at uh, Star Wars, The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I just want to say as an example, uh, Mr. Uh, Pedro... Uh, Pascal is arguably a much bigger actor than Pablo Schreiber. And yet, if you look at that first season of that show, it's a pretty uh, high-profile show. Mm-hmm. And yet he, uh, the helmet stays on. So, just saying. Yeah, same with season two. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. Simon Edie. Yes. But yeah, man, like I said, I haven't really been watching much. What have, uh, what have you been watching, dude? Oh boy, I, uh, you want me to explain this while I'm in this accent? What are you thinking? Uh, you've carried this bit on for like nearly 20 minutes, so yeah, if you want to stop. It's pretty ridiculous, I thought you were going to make me do it for the whole time, but uh, I guess I'll, I'll stop now. So the, the things I've watched, uh, Adrian, are... Uh, you said that you were going to stop. <laughs> I can't, this is now my real voice. No, no, I, no, it's not my real voice. This is awful. I feel like that accent got worse as I went. Oh, it definitely did, man. Am I wrong? It, it definitely got worse, <laughs> and I, I found myself getting annoyed. I'm in a bad mood now, I'll be honest with you. I told you, <laughs> I told you you'd get annoyed, so you should undare me, but you didn't do it. So that's why I gave you an out there, and you took it. And I appreciate you taking it, because it was getting, uh, the Scottish accent's not my best. Although, I feel like I can do it if I'm not just trying to think about what I'm trying to say. Mm. I just don't do it enough for it to ever, ever be, you know consistent yeah if i had a script i could probably read it a lot better more accurately but still ridiculous and if it was a real scottish person listening to this podcast they're probably thinking sorry is that supposed to be scottish they're probably thinking this is offensive it could be <laughs> or they're thinking whoa is that craig ferguson anyway uh or not adrian i've watched two things this week tell me i've watched more than that but I don't want to talk about everything I've watched because I, I think that it's just drawn out and I've watched a lot of random episodes of random shows. So, and I'll talk about them as I get further into the seasons. <gasps> but the first thing I saw, and this is something that's very interesting to me, season four uh, of Westworld, Westworld was uh, Westworld. Westworld was teased for a little while mm-hmm. and we knew it was coming from Jonah Nolan and Lisa Joy. And there was no information about it really. But now we have a release date of June 26th, and we had a Westworld Season 4 trailer. And the way that they launched the trailer was actually quite interesting, because on the YouTube channel for HBO, I don't know if you saw this, but they posted, it's just basically, the the title of the trailer is, I believe it, oh, I can't remember the line now. It's like, there's nothing, there's nothing interesting here. There's nothing remarkable about this. What What's the line? Damn it. Oh, I gotta find it. You know what I'm talking about, though. 
No, again, I, I haven't seen an, anything about this. I haven't watched Westworld season three. You haven't watched Westworld? Sorry, this is a Westworld ref, reference. You're really out of the loop here. Killing me. Oh, like, like are you talking about the... No, I haven't watched Westworld season three is what I'm saying. So I haven't watched the Westworld like season four trailer. And I don't know what they posted on HBO's YouTube page. No, they changed the title because they realized that a lot of people were seeing it. So, mm. um, but I saw it when there was only like 18,000 views because nobody knew that it was posted. They posted it in a very discreet way. Um, and I'm trying to look for the line now because you don't seem to be getting the reference. But uh, Westworld, give me a second. Is it where nothing can go wrong? Ah, yes. Sorry, found it there. Sorry for the wait. It doesn't look like anything to me was the title of the... It doesn't look like anything to me. Oh, okay. Uh, it was basically the title of the trailer, which I thought was re really, really fun. And like a fun like callback. reference to the show, uh, which is great. And then they also had like the trailer up um, and the, like it's just basically a reference to the song, I think, in the description. And the trailer, honestly, was really, really good. And like no one had seen it because they just posted it in such a discreet way, in such a hidden way on the HBO YouTube channel. And again, people were not seeing it until a Redditor kind of picked it up and then it started to spread on the internet. And I, and I caught it on The Verge, basically, mm -hmm. like a, a tech website, The Verge. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, wow, what a great tra trailer. Like I'm, I'm genuinely excited because I didn't love season three, quite frankly. Like it just wasn't nearly as good as seasons one and two it seems like they were rushing the season it seems like it's just completely tonally different which is fine because it takes place in a bit of a different setting but it, it's still i don't know there's something about it it's just not not the same magic of seasons one and two and i, I again i felt like it would it lacked a lot of the the beauty of mm -hmm. seasons one and two which is some of the best television i've ever watched so I agree. I love season one and two, but season four, I feel like it might be getting back into form. Like it might, it, it, they might've had enough time to build this out to be such an incredible uh, or back to the incredible show that they had before in seasons one and two. Mm -hmm. Again, season three is not terrible. It's worth watching if you're a fan of the series, but at the same time, it is nowhere close to season one and two. That's kind of the, the thing there. It's not bad. It's just not amazing. It's kind of the thing. So again, Adrian, I, Adrian, I, I definitely recommend you watch it. Um, and then watch that trailer because that trailer is pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll, it's making me excited. I'll get around to it again. There's just so much to watch right now. I mean, again, I, I still got to watch Ozark. Barry's on. Better Call Saul's on. Uh, yeah. Fucking Stranger Things is coming back soon. Yeah. Um, I'm still watching Superstore. Some of these shows that are like week to week, I'm kind of waiting. So Barry, I'm not going to watch. I don't think until it's done. Uh, Better Call Saul, I can wait till it's done. That's kind of a good way for me to isolate the. The shows that I don't kind of want to, you know, watch right away. Yeah. So I don't think of like Barry being on as like a thing that's panicking me to watch it. It's like, ah, I'm okay. I can wait. Yeah. I think Better Call Saul only has two more episodes left before um, the mid season like end or whatever. And they're coming back for six. Yeah. I think it's seven episodes in total. Yeah. So, so episode uh, six is launching when this podcast goes out. So yeah. Better Call Saul, again, one of the greatest shows ever made, arguably. God damn. It's so good. So good and so funny and then so dark and it's like such a perfect blend and it does things that I don't think most shows do and then it tells like two different stories at once, which is I've mm. always found very interesting, like multiple stories at once in a way that like they intersect, but they're not completely connected, which I've always found super neat and they did, they've done that since season one. So kudos to Vince Gilligan and his team who just made a really amazing show and Bob Odenkirk. Who just got a star on uh, Hollywood Boulevard, by the way. That's awesome. Which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's neat. I watched uh, 
uh, so the unveiling of the star, and then David Cross, who's his long term long time buddy, uh, who obviously worked with him on Mr. Show with Bob and David. Um, he did a speech, and uh, it was really funny, um, and, and it was really like heartfelt and, and funny. And then Ray Seahorn from Better Call Saul also was there to do a speech. I don't know; it was very heartfelt. It's kind of it was kind of nice to see. He's kind of a pretty awesome dude, like Bob Odenkirk, and it was nice to see him in an action movie. And uh, I'm just kind of curious what he's going to do going going onward. Well, he has that AMC show that is coming out. No. That he, that he signed on for after this. Yeah, he's got two shows that he signed signed on for. Oh, two. Wow. Yeah. It's a big number. Yes. Yeah, he's got one with David Cross and then one I'm I'm assuming you're talking about is the David the the one with the where he's the principal or whatever or the teacher in that school. Mhm. We talked about it only a couple of weeks back. Yeah, but you keep forgetting about the David Cross show, which was announced first. Yeah, I, I called you out for that a couple of weeks ago, and you and you still seem to forgot have forgotten about it now. The David Cross show is the one I'm more excited for, mm-hmm. to be quite frank, because I think that those guys are magic together, and I feel like it'll be neat to see what they pull off together. But anyways, David Cross, I brought him up as well because he was wearing a Rockstar Games hat. I know we're not a video game podcast, yada yada yada. But sorry, Ken. It, it was I thought that. Very interesting that he was wearing that hat, and I was I like went down a rabbit hole to figure out why he was wearing that to this event. It was clearly Rockstar Games, like it was one hundred percent. I was like, hmm, that's weird, and mm. it's because I think because he was in a Grand Theft Auto game back in the day. I didn't know that either. He was in San Andreas. Oh, really? And I think he was in another. Yeah, and I think he lent his voice to a radio station in GTA Five as well. Oh, that's sick. I just didn't know that, and yeah. I was like, that's cool. But I also thought maybe. Hmm. Is there is there a David Cross appearance in uh, Grand Theft Auto Six? I don't know. I don't know. Look like a new hat. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, cool. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Looked like a new hat. <laughs> it's good. It, it did. Okay, that's good. What well, can I tell you? It looks shiny. It looks shiny. Maybe the guy's got lots of these hats in his closet, and they're all clean. I don't know. Maybe they're unopened. I have no idea. Adrian, I also watched another show. Tell me. I watched a show that's normally on FX, Network FX. It's called What We Do in the Shadows. It's based on the Taika Waititi and uh, Jermaine Clement uh, movie about vampires who are flatmates Mm -hmm. in, I think it was in New Zealand, right? It took place the first one in New Zealand. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, cool. Um, but that's what is basically this show is based on, I guess. But the show is being show run by Jermaine Clement, which is cool. And it's the first episode is directed by Taika Waititi. Mm. And um, it's a pretty awesome show. Except the flatmates this time are different flatmates. And they're living in the U.S., oh. in the United States, in New York, which is pretty cool. So there's like that perspective. And I think there's a there's a – kind of geared up reference to the fact that they're obviously in the same universe and that there's you know potential for some cameos down the line you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so i'm sex up uh sex i'm sex episodes in your sex i'm six i'm six episodes in adrian six the number six Mm -hmm. episodes in and uh this show is hilarious it's hilarious and honestly i'm just on board for anything these guys do i think i think that's it i think anything especially the taika is involved in i don't think that i'm I don't know. I don't know what the point of not watching it would be. He just got this. It's just this quirky humor. And um, it's just like, it's so gory at times, this show as well. And I don't remember the movie being quite like this. I, I must have been. But it's like, there are, yeah. It's quite gory randomly. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous. And uh, I love it. And uh, my favorite character is by far uh, Colin Robinson. And um, it's a concept that I'm pretty sure was not in the movie. 
And that Colin Robinson is an energy vampire. And he's a day walker. Oh. So he can go out in the day. But he also lives with him. But no one likes him in the house because anytime he comes in, he's just like, he he literally, to take their energy, he talks about the, about, about the most boring shit and he can take their energy as well. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. It's unbelievable. It's, he's played by Mark Proksh. Proksh? I hope that's how you pronounce his name. But Mark mm-hmm. Proksh is the, the dude in Better Call Saul with the baseball cards and the Hummer. And he's also the guy, I don't know if you remember about I Call Saul that far back. That was like the first season. But he's also the guy in the office who works with Dwight. Um, at one point, I think he's the guy who like unplies the toilet paper, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I think that's him. I don't think that was Demos. But I can't, maybe getting those two confused. But I'm pretty sure it was um, Mark Pro. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You're not even responding. Are you even there, Adrian? Hello? Mark Plock. How do I spell that? Just type in Colin Robinson and he'll come up as a picture and you'll know what he looks like. Jesus Christ. Colin. I just described Better Call Saul. Show you're watching right now and you don't even know who that character is. Not Robertson. Robinson. You're killing me with... You don't get any references today. You don't get the reference about Westworld. Is is he in... Is this is this Colin Robinson? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. This guy. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Jesus. To, uh, to reference Grand Theft Auto, actually, that's literally the episode in Better Call Saul where the freaking G- Trevor from Grand Theft Auto is in that episode as well. Ah, okay. That's a very, I feel like that, that's a clipped uh, uh, moment in, in that series quite often because it's a pretty comical moment with uh, Mike Ehrmantrope, mm-hmm. played by Jonathan Banks. Anyways, point is, Colin Robinson is an incredibly hilarious character to watch because it's like it's a, it's a concept that I didn't even think could possibly... Uh, be in this show because i just thought it was like regular vampires but they kind of created like a subset of vampires and are going off Mm -hmm. of that and it's just so ridiculous he's just anytime he enters the room everyone's just cringing because they don't want to talk to him and i just (laughs) i don't know it's amazing and it's my favorite part of the show for sure and there's a lot of really cool parts as well the way they Mm -hmm. it's the same kind of quirkiness of the movie so if you like the taika waititi jermaine clement movie of the same name then you'll like this fx series which is on disney plus audience nice. so if you're interested well I actually i don't know what's if it's on disney plus in the states but it's definitely on disney plus in canada just because we have star here in mm-hmm. canada which is a subset or a subcategory on disney plus that has the more mature adult fare adrian well that's really cool mm-hmm. that's really cool man uh, yeah I'm, I'm very excited to watch the show because I, I i mentioned many episodes ago that i was watching wellington paranormal which actually yeah, yeah, yeah. takes place in new zealand which is also in the what we do in the shadows of verse um, and it's literally right. following the two cops that show up in the movie, um, just going on these like random little like, you know, they're called to specific situations. And and it kind of shows that there are more diff- like different types of monsters and stuff that live in the real world. And it's, you know, it's these these two officers going to these random calls with, you know, zombies or the Loch Ness monster or random shit like that. So it's not too far fetched that there would be a different, you know, like a subset of vampires. I kind of like that idea. And um, yeah, it's definitely on my list. Um, Again, like I mentioned, there's so much to watch, but I I do like having a comedy on the go, something that's easy to watch and that can make me laugh. I'm almost on Superstore. I'm on season six now, which is, I believe, the final season. I'm three. I think I just finished episode three uh, during my lunch break at work. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of sad to see this show slowly come to an end, but I quite like it. They're on the COVID 
season, which originally I was like, ah, I don't want to watch this, but goddamn, is it funny because it's so relatable. Yeah, we, we handled well and very relatable. It's so relatable, dude. It's it's frustratingly relatable. And it's because, it, yeah, within the first like three episodes, there's like these ridiculous situations where it's like I have literally dealt with all of these like scenarios almost. So um, it, yeah, it is handled very well. I'm very excited to you know uh, finish the show. It's it's really great. And it, it's a show that grew on me as the seasons progress. There's some phenomenal characters in it. Sandra, to me, is like one of the highlights in that show. She's just so ridiculous and uh, funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, really great show. So maybe once I finish Superstore, I'll put what we do in the shadows on because that's it's a half hour show, right? Our flag means death, man. I don't understand what's going on uh, here. Should I watch our flag means death before what we do in the shadows? You think uh, I argue? Yeah, because it's shorter. Mm. You're saying you're overwhelmed, right? So just get it out of the way. You only got one season to go through. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think it's also lighter a little bit. Only because this is about vampires and they do like, I know it is very dark for me. So that's the reason I don't want to go back to it constantly. Like we've been uh, jumping between drama and comedy constantly Mm -hmm. as you kind of are doing the same. As you just mentioned, you like having a drama and a comedy on the go or at least a comedy on the go. And that's what we're doing with what we do in the shadows after our flag means death ended. But I feel like our flags, our flag means death is more light just because of what we do in the shadows of the movie is not exactly heavy, but it's like, it's in a very dark atmosphere. The t- tonally it's a, it's not really a dark comedy, but it is a bit, if you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, there's like literal like murder. And again, yeah, there is yeah. some pretty grotesque violence. Is, um, they're serial killers. They're vampires. Like what are we, yeah, what are we expecting yeah. here? Yeah. So like for that, it's like, that's where I feel a little bit drained by the show a little bit, much like Colin Robinson draining me as, mm-hmm. as an en- energy vampire. But, um, but yeah, that's the only thing I don't love about it. But I really like this last episode we just watched today while we ate our, our dinner was very good. I, I thought it was like hilarious. So they've all been hilarious, but they just uh, sometimes it hits different, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, cool. That's it. That's all I've been watching, Adrian. Should we move on to the news then? No. Yeah, that's too bad. Oh. oh, you always say no and we just move on anyway. What do you expect to do when I when you say no? What like what are you gonna just sit there or are you gonna have a conversation to your with yourself or like what's your plan? Like I don't what if I just said, okay, I agree with you? I would tell you about the food I made. You would just tell me about the food you made? For what? For the rest yeah. For the rest of the episode? So for the next hour? I don't know. Well, for as long as it would take me to tell you about the food I made, Simon. Well, that could be forever. I usually stop you from talking so long about the food you made. That's the Do you wanna know what I made this week, real quick? So not really. I made like a sushi bowl. My my girlfriend showed me. You are Colin Robinson. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My girlfriend made uh, like showed me the ways of the sushi bowl from home. We're not using raw fish, but you know you get some of that crab. You get some of that imitation crab because real crab's expensive, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So we made a little corn and crab salad, Simon. Where you shred up the crab, you put in a little bit of corn, and then you put in. I use QP mayo and sriracha. And you mix that up. Right. Yes. So, bam! Right there, you got a nice corn and crab salad. We cook some rice. Got the rice. You put the corn and crab salad on. I bought edamame, so I put some like edamame beans on there. Put some pickled turnip on there as well. Put some furukake, Simon. Do you know what furukake is? No. It's like uh, I don't know. It's like a, you top it 
it's like a rice topping. There's like sesame seeds in it. Sometimes there's like seafood pieces in it. Uh, the one I have has like fit like dried fish pieces in it, which adds like a nice flavor to the to the rice and stuff like that. Um, so put that on there. Um, what else did I put on it? I forget what else I put on it. I put other stuff on it, but yeah, really good, really good. And then with the leftover crab I had, I made a little Jesus crab dip bake. So mixed, you know, shredded up the crab, mixed it with some sour cream, some mayo, oh my God. some cream cheese, a little bit of lemon juice, uh-huh. some garlic, yep. some onions, um, you know, some seasonings. I use a little bit of onion powder, some garlic powder, a little bit of paprika, some salt, some mm. pepper, yep. um, cheddar cheese. Um, topped that, baked it, pulled it out, ate it with some crackers. Then for lunch today, I had some leftover. I put that on top of some rice. Oh my god! Topped it with some fresh green onions. Really good. Okay. Are you done? I made other stuff as well. This week, I plan to make shahi paneer. What the? Um, which is a like sweet sort of curry using paneer, which is uh, I guess like almost like a cottage cheese. It's like an Indian dish. So I've been I'm looking sorry, up are you trying to put the audience to sleep? Is that your strategy or? This is the guy that talked in a weird fucking accent for 20 minutes, okay? How is that going to put them to sleep? I don't know. It's, it was just annoying. If anything, it's annoying. It would make them shut it off. They're not going to yeah. drift off and crash their car into a like a freaking median. A medium? A median. Like a person that can talk a to ghosts? One of those? No, they N. Cra- There's an N there. They crash it, dude. It's just a medium walking down the road. Plot twist. A medium shows up, talks to this dead medium now. What are you talking about? Just go back in the footage. Get some bonus information. Get some, get some bonus information of the afterlife from the median. What the mm. shit are you saying? Anyways, go, go yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, this is unbelievable. Let's begin with two chosen focus stories that Adrian has deemed the most topical this week. Number one, as publication deadline reports, Disney Plus has outpaced the industry's second quarter subscriber projections by adding an additional 8 million subscribers to streaming service Disney Plus in their second fiscal quarter of 2022. Apparently, Wall Street analysts had actually projected a much smaller increase of 5.2 million subscribers. Meanwhile, Disney has added just under 20 million subscribers over the last six months, which has also been considered by many as a solid success. After the quarter's end on April 2nd, 2022, Disney Plus officially sat at 137.7 million subscribers worldwide. Despite the positive quarterly news, though, the Disney stock price took a bit of a dive and landed at its lowest selling price in more than two years, Adrian. What do you make of this news about Disney's subscriber totals well simon it's interesting because uh just a couple weeks ago we talked about how netflix was losing a plethora of subscribers right so i wouldn't necessarily say all those subscribers are flocking to a different subscription service like disney plus but it's it's cool to see this streaming market slowly shift i know netflix is still above disney in terms of i think like over like 70 million subscribers, if I recall correctly. Um, So, you know, it's not a full shift yet, but it it is kind of wild to see, you know, Disney came into the market, what, it's it's only been three years, has it? Like 2019 was Disney Plus launch, if I recall correctly? Yes, the end of 2019. Yeah, and how much ground this this streaming service has has made up in such a short period of time is is super cool to see. Um, 
although I'm not really cheering as it's Disney, you know, like it's a multi-billion dollar corporation. I'm not like cheering for it, but I, I, I do find this just very interesting in general. And uh, I'm curious to kind of do a little bit of digging to see how long it took Netflix to get to this point. It was probably way longer. Mind you, when Netflix launched, you know, the streaming sort of that, that was a fresh new idea and not too many people were really in that market. But now that the market's more competitive than ever, Disney's very clearly dominating. And I wonder how long it's going to take for Disney to go over, you know, Netflix and its subscriber count, because I think all the press surrounding Netflix currently is, is negative. Um, despite, you know, them launching, you know, season or, you know, the final season of Ozark and, you know, with strangers things coming soon. I, I, I'm curious. I'm, I'm very curious about this. What, what do you think? Hmm. Yes. Um, well, Disney is a different type of beast. Disney's almost competing not with Netflix. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting situation. Netflix is a juggernaut of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm not really going to wade into the waters of determining which one, whether, I don't know, whether they'll even catch Netflix or whatnot. But uh, yeah, they had a bad month, or sorry, quarter Netflix did, but it's like, they had some things happen. Like they pulled out of Russia as an example. And mm-hmm. and Disney is, again, has been a company, like a mainstay of family content for like literally years. It's not like they're coming into this new. They just created a streaming service to host all their content. Mm-hmm. And so this doesn't really subscri- uh, like surprise me too much that they're doing well, I would say. Yeah. Um, the streaming services used to be the VHS tapes that, you know, filled up cabinets and cupboards. Yeah, I don't know if they will overtake Netflix because it seems like it's complementary to Netflix. Like you don't have mm-hmm. anything that's on Netflix like what Disney Plus has. Like you did before, I mean, with Daredevil and all that, but that's gone now. Mm-hmm. Daredevil, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist has all moved to Disney Plus as it should kind of be on there because it's literally a Marvel series. A Marvel like a universe, but uh, what Netflix has over 200 million, so it's not that far off. But I feel like you'd have both if you had either one. Netflix is struggling a little bit, but then again, Adrian, look, man, you said that they have bad quality, but you watch the reality TV content, and I'm just gonna keep pointing that out every week because mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. You yeah, the specifically... ultimatum, marry or move on. Yeah, good show. I watched the reunion episode, good show. Now it's a good show, he says, wild stuff. Okay, it's it's good garbage junk food i said last week right but the, and it still is baby yeah and disney plus isn't making shows like that so mm-hmm. i'm just gonna say that for now anyway yeah i got my girlfriend on the circle series so i talked last year about the circle the live the it's another reality show where people are like in a hotel yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and they're all in independent rooms it's like a social media competition where they can only communicate with one another through like circles an app called the circle oh okay uh, not no not not circles not in like they throw circles at each other. They, <laughs> imagine, uh, yeah, I do. Just that's why I thought it was so. Yeah, no, but it's like yeah, so where they like compete against one another, not you know, in, in like a social media competition, and each like day or week or whatever month or even your year, um, or each episode. I don't even know. It's kind of weird how they kind of uh, separate the episodes because it's not like every episode someone gets voted off. It's kind of divided in a weird way, but the editing on it's not bad. I, I quite enjoy it. But yeah, we started watching season three and um, I got her on that. And it, again, that, that show is actually quite enjoyable. I don't necessarily think it's garbage. It's kind of garbage, but it's not garbage, garbage. 
Oh, like, now it's changing. Your opinion Well, the changing. ultimatum just... was genuinely garbage. That was junk food. Okay, I see, I see. That was like, it's so bad, it's just like amusing. The circle is kind of fun. You're watching all these characters. No one's really a piece of shit. Like in the ultimatum, they're all just like, ah, I want to take some money home from my family. And they're like, you know, talking to one another, building these relationships. And they're like, oh, I like this person that I'm talking to. But maybe some this person they're talking to is a catfish. They're not who they say they are, Simon. Well, yeah, if you're literally a... A fish, obviously. Yeah, it's wild. Like actual fish. I don't even know how they could talk. Exactly. Pretty pretty wild technology. I think all the budget went into scientific research for uh, fish talking. Like that one BoJack Horseman episode. That would have been very expensive, dude. That's like billions of dollars. Netflix has a lot of money. Did you make a BoJack reference? Yeah, I did. A BoJack Horseman reference? Yeah. In what way? Sorry. How There's the one episode where BoJack goes underwater and it's like a silent episode and there's like the fish people and stuff. That was an amazing episode of that show. Oh my God. I know. I love that episode. Yeah. What a show. For some reason, whenever I think of BoJack Horseman, I just think about the spaghetti joke that they they, they basically were running for the spaghetti strainers. They ran that joke. They started the joke, I think, in the first episode and they ended it in the finale. Mm-hmm. Like it was like the longest walk. To a punchline that I've seen in a scripted show in a while. It's brilliant. That, that show's amazing. amazing. Oh, that just reminded yeah. me. I got to watch Undone, which is literally by the creator of uh, BoJack Horseman as well. Season two came out, which I still haven't watched. God damn, there's just so much to watch. I'm sorry, I'm confused. So, so you have too much to watch. So your solution for this week was to not watch anything. Uh, well, when you say it like that, it sounds dumb. Yes, well, I'm just that's that's what I do. Yeah. I, I point out the logical the logic in situations, like the fact that you said that Netflix has shitty content, but yeah, you're watching that shitty content. You're using mm-hmm. that as a, a knock against them, like you suck because that's why you lost subscribers because you have all this shitty content. And then you're like, but I watch it the week after. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, hey, they still have a lot of shitty content. They have like just shit movies, these like sh- these these movies that are just poorly written, poorly done. Yeah. You know what I'm really excited for though that a movie is coming out that's going to be very expensive is The Gray Man. The Ryan Gosling Chris Evan movie, Evans movie. I just got reminded uh yeah. by it uh, of it because I went through like the letterbox app and I was like looking at anticipated movies and that was on there. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Ooh, I hope this does come out in 2022." Is it set in it, letterboxd? Yeah, didn't I thought they said that it was coming out this year. I thought they like wrapped up filming and stuff. I think so too, but the delays yeah. with films is like kind of all over the place. So I can never mm-hmm. really predict. Um, yeah, but it does say like if you look it up on Google, it does say that it is a 2022 film. So I imagine it is. But that's like a spy movie where Ryan Gosling and Ryan the Goose Gosling, Chris Evans are going head to head. It's like a spy spy thriller. Adrian, I'm very excited for that. Chris Evans got a thick mustache for it. Did you see those pictures of Chris Evans with a thick mustache? I did, yeah. Wait, on Twitter or what? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember where I saw it. Also, Lightyear with Chris Evans is coming out. Oh, yeah, that's coming out. Yeah, People are still kind of uh, concerned that uh, Chris Evans is playing uh, Buzz Lightyear instead of uh, Tim Allen. I don't understand what people don't understand. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's, he's, he's playing the character that the toy is based off of. I know, I think they just like Tim Allen in that role. So I get, I, Tim I just, Allen's amazing in that role, but... My my analogy to somebody at work that recently said this was I was like basically saying well you, you have Buzz Buzz Aldrin right Buzz Aldrin is kind of what Buzz Lightyear is based off so you want Buzz Aldrin to voice Buzz Lightyear in the movie I actually do yeah I don't know oh, that would have been the perfect casting choice that ain't a perfect analogy Adrian but I feel like it's it kind of has the essence there I don't know what mm-hmm. you think 
Yeah. But uh, you're going to, you're going to hire a professional actor and the Tim Allen was the, whatever the person, I don't know if it's probably not Tim Allen. The guy's name is probably not Tim Allen in the Pixar universe, but I wonder if they'll introduce actually Tim Allen might be in the movie. Honestly, I bet you he is. I bet you anything he's in the movie. They're going to hire an actor and it's a guy who sounds like Tim Allen and his name is like Jeb, Jeb Biffins or something. And they're like, Jeb Biffins is here. He's going to voice you for this action figure in which he responds. Oh, cool. And he's like, he doesn't sound anything like me. I guarantee you that's a joke in the movie. Mm. Is it not? It's got to be. I could see that happening. Yeah, I could see that happen. That's a good idea. But it's far more interesting that Chris Evans is, is voicing it because it's, it distinctly tells you right away that this is clearly not that character. That's the beauty of it is that it's reminding you that, yes, this is not mm-hmm. the toy. Because the toy itself did not go to space. The man who the toy is based off went to space. That's all I'm going to say. But anyways. The man that the toy is based off didn't actually go to space because I think it's based on a movie. So we're watching a movie that Andy used to watch in Toy Story. It's not like- Is that right? Yeah, that's what I think it is. Isn't it? No. Oh, is that true? Because if that's true, I did not know that. We're watching the movie that Andy watched that Buzz Lightyear is based on. Are you sure that's true? Because that is not what I heard at all. It's just the guy in real life that goes to space. Hmm. Is that true? It makes more sense, actually, the way you say it, because that world is relatively grounded in reality. So it actually wouldn't be too too far-fetched. But did you just gather that based on, like, an assumption? Or did you actually read that? Because I don't – I know – I do not remember reading that, but maybe I just didn't see it. I feel like that's what I remember reading. I don't remember. That's even more complex, though. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, I guess there is a little bit of an irony there because I was just calling out the concept of the confusion of not casting Tim Allen, but I clearly didn't quite understand the character that Chris Evans was playing. So I guess I was a little misinformed. But we'll find out in the movie. Anyways, the movie's exactly. coming out soon. It's coming out in the summer, and I'm very excited for that because it looks great. It looks yeah. genuinely great. And you know who else is in that movie, Adrian? Who? Who we just talked about just moments ago? Who? Taika Waititi. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, he is in that movie. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Good stuff. Yeah, very excited for that. Um, Mm. But yeah, anything else you have to say about this Disney Plus uh, subscriber subscriber total for that fiscal quarter exceeding expectations? Because that's not what Netflix did. They literally lost subscribers, first of all. But that's not the expectation that anyone had. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, But yeah, they lost subscribers and blew expectations out of the water on the Netflix side because they literally were completely the opposite direction. This went above subscriber expectations, which I think makes sense though, because everyone's kind of gearing up for these new shows. I'm wondering if there's going to be a quarter where it's going to falter. This is the issue. And I've, I've always thought about this working in retail, Adrian, especially in leadership. Do you really want to exceed expectations ever? Or do you want to hit them on the dot or do a little bit worse? Because next year is going to be a whole lot harder. And like the market is getting saturated. And so are you really trying to compete this way? It seems like that's a, I don't know. My point is when you're beholden to shareholders, sometimes it gets very, very difficult because you're Mm. putting yourself in the position where you have to consistently grow as a company. And if you don't grow, it's like layoffs are coming and you're going to like see some major cuts so you can make sure that at least the profit line for next quarter is going to be way bigger than what they expected. Uh, with mm-hmm. the what the analysts expected and what the projections were showing, it's it's an interesting concept in business that I just was I'm always like befuddled about. This is where private companies kind of bev- benefit a little bit more than public ones because when a 
companies publicly traded, you're again, you're beholden to those shareholders. And it's like, good luck to you. Like Netflix made all those cuts, right? They cut some, they cut a lot of content they were going about to make and they didn't do. And then they cut people um, naturally because they had to do something to show shareholders we're taking this seriously. Yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah. So like, I, I almost don't celebrate this just for that fact. Like, cause the little guys is going to get crushed when next quarter they don't, can't possibly live up to like the hype because what's happening. Well, next quarter is actually going to be pretty good. Like this quarter we're in now, Kenobi's coming out. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they had a lot of gains of subscribers for Moon Knight because Moon Knight was like, honestly quite well reviewed and people were really buzzing about it. Like they were with all these Marvel shows, but mm-hmm. after Miss Marvel comes out, which by the way is overlapping Kenobi, which is like one of the first times it it's is? happened in, in Disney plus history. Yeah. Uh, Miss Marvel comes out in the beginning of June, right? So, Oh, no shit. Eh? So that's an interesting thing, right? Cause there's six episodes of Kenobi and Miss Marvel launch date, I think is, I'm not remembering the day. Is it the, I'm, I'm a little lost. June 8th. June 8th. Damn. There you go. And of course, Kenobi comes out May 27th, which I'm super excited for. So that's neat because I don't think they've done that yet with one of these tentpole types types of shows. Unless they're not treating Miss Marvel as a tentpole, that actually kind of worries me that they are overlapping this one. Only because I didn't like the trailer and I thought it like it it looked cheap, despite the fact that I was very excited for a Miss Marvel show. This doesn't look great, and so I, I'm I'm hoping genuinely that it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the fact that they're overlapping it with something as hyped up as Kenobi, I wonder if that's a coincidence or or they have enough show content, they have enough schedule that they can start overlapping, which would be awesome. Or is it because the show is not good and we can kind of shuffle it under the rug if it's a 60, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're like, oh, like, well, if you don't like Miss Marvel, we still got Kenobi going on sort of thing yeah it's still going and like don't forget about that forget about that look over here look over here kenobi's kenobi's doing his thing hmm it's possible simon before i wrap this up the one thing i really like that uh disney plus has done in terms of their marketing team i love the fact that they do whenever they show like that like the 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 classic disney arch from the plus Mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah i like how they incorporate that from the shows that are, are airing. So for Moon Knight, it was Moon Knight jumping over the building from building to building. And then from from the the Kenobi series, naturally it's Obi-Wan Kenobi's blue lightsaber going through that arch. Mm-hmm. And I just think that every time I see one of those, the trailers end with the Disney Plus logo and them just doing a spin on it with a really cool animation to do with the thing we're about to watch or the, the thing in the trailer. I just really, I, I don't know, I really respect that from the animation team. And that's it's the little things. It's the little things. And it's like, that's something that uh, not, not a lot of other places are thinking about doing. But I just think that the creativity there and the, the marketing team is really uh, on point. And that's why Disney's doing so well. Yeah. Because their marketing team is just amazing. It's like, it's in the degree of Apple for sure. In terms of prowess. Almost as good as Coca-Cola. Yeah. Do you like Coca-Cola's marketing or that was a joke? No, I, I really like Coca-Cola's marketing. Well, in recent years, not so much, but every time they had those, like the Christmas ones with the polar bears oh, yeah. and the Santa Clauses. Yeah, Santa Claus is like the perfect Santa Claus. That is mm-hmm. literally the picture of Santa Claus that jumps into my head when I think of Santa Claus. Yeah. He's the classic Santa. But there's they have like that new Coke starlight one and it's like oh this is the this is crazy cola best cola we ever made you don't even know what it tastes like i'm like looking at the commercial I'm like i don't want to 
taste that. I don't know what the fuck that is. To be fair, I don't really drink pop at all. So that's fair. I'm the occasional Nesty. Hmm, I like Nesty as well. Adrian, if you were to choose Coke or Pepsi. Honestly, man, I'm fairly impartial to either. Like I'll drink both. I like blue, like in terms of beverage, just like as a color for a beverage better. The the Coca-Cola well, Coca-Cola or Pepsi are not blue and when you pour them in the glass. I know, but like when you look at a blue can, I'm like, that looks more refreshing than a red can. Although I like red as a color better. Hmm. Me too. Red's my favorite color, arguably. That red's my favorite color. It's the blood of my enemies, Simon. Sorry, is it actually your favorite color or is it yeah. just the blood of your enemies and it was a setup for a joke? No, no, it's actually my favorite color, yeah. Oh, okay. So it is. Okay. Sweet. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's Coke or Pepsi? Coke. You didn't even answer mm. the question. I guess Pepsi. Sure, Pepsi. Why is it Pepsi? I don't know. I can't tell the difference, Simon. I legitimately can't. I just, I just think when I'm thinking about it- You can't I, tell the difference? I don't think so. I don't know. I've never like drank them side by side and been like, mm, there's a difference. I just don't care enough. It's just like one of those arguments I just don't care enough about. If my brother were listening to this, I feel like he would be shocked to hear that you can't tell the difference. Mm. And I think he, I feel like he should write in and tell us why- you can tell the difference. <laughs> next week. Oh, boy. Next week, what I'll do is I'll, I'll buy a can of Coke and I'll buy a can of Pepsi. And I will drink it on air. And drink it throughout the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll let you know. I, but I don't really like pop. And I just don't drink it. I only like- well, don't, I'll, drink, don't drink the whole thing. Do it like they do on like Iron Chef. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't eat the whole plate. That would be insane. Yeah. You, just, you guys got to eat a little bits. Like mm. just take a sip little and then bits. take a sip of water for a little bit of a, little you know- Yes, little bits. Uh, it, you know, you got to take a little bit of water just to clean the palate and then mm. go back in, have some Coke or Pepsi, whatever the one I didn't say first was. Mm. And um, yeah, little bits. Eat some fucking shit, you stupid bitch. Ah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we got real fake doors. We got real fake doors here. Mm, won't open. Come check out our real fake doors. Mm, won't open. <laughs> What a classic. Yeah, uh, classic indeed. Adrian, let's move on to number two, shall we? Sure. Number two. According to publication The Hollywood Reporter, Nashville and Heroes actor Hayden Panettiere has just been cast in the sixth installment of the Scream franchise. Yes! Scream 6 is being directed by Scream 5 directors Matt Bettinelli-Olpen and Tyler Gillette, with Scream 5 screenwriters James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick also <clears throat> writing the screenplay. Yeah. In Scream 6, Hayden Pantier will be reprising her role from 2011 Scream 4, where she played mm-hmm. Kirby Reed. Nice. Longtime Scream star, Courtney Cox is also largely believed to be reprising her role as Gail Weathers in the upcoming sequel, with Cox mm-hmm. having hinted at her return in a recent episode of Entertainment Tonight. Nice. In that interview, she hyped up the quality of the Scream 6 script by saying, quote, I don't know about contracts and where things are, but I'll tell you in the script, it's a really good one, unquote. Scream 5 actors Melissa Barrera, Jasmine Savoy-Brown, Mason Gooding, and Jenna Ortega are also set to reprise their roles in the upcoming sequel. The movie is scheduled to start production this summer. Adrian, what do you make of this? I know you like the Scream franchise. I know you just watched Scream 6 Mm -hmm. recently. Scream 5. Sorry, Scream 5. Of course, you didn't Mm -hmm. watch Scream 6 unless you're a time traveler. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. We're talking about (laughs) Scream 6. Of course, you watched Scream 5, came out in January, and you watched it in theaters. I don't have any connection to Scream. I don't think I've watched any Scream movies. I think the closest connection I have to Scream is freaking scary movie. 
So mm. Adrian, what do you make of this news? Simon, I make of this news as good news, very good news. <laughs> I'm honestly so stoked for Scream 6. I'm a new Scream fan. You know, I just watched all the Scream movies this year, actually. I, I never watched any of them. When I was watching the first Scream movie, I was like, hey, I watched this entire movie. And then I realized that I never watched that movie. And I just watched Scary Movie when I was a kid because it follows the same plot. Um, mm. So, Adrian, what you're saying is I scream, you scream, we all scream. For ice cream? For ice cream, yes. That's exactly what I'm saying, Simon. What's your favorite kind of ice cream? Um, I'm partial to, uh, to, to Moose Tracks myself. What's Moose Tracks? Moose Tracks is a Kawartha Dairies flavor, Adrian. Mm-hmm. Kawartha Dairies is a ice cream yeah. uh, place in, uh, or ice cream maker yeah, in uh, Ontario. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they make Moose Tracks, which is like, a, it's like basically little tiny peanut butter cups in the ice cream. Oh. It's like... Some vanilla, chocolate. As if now I'm wondering if it's not peanut butter. Maybe it's caramel. I, either way, it's like little. It's caramel. Little, little moose it. droppings. Little moose droppings in there. Nice. If moose droppings would taste good, I guess. God damn! I hope so. We should try it sometime. Um, uh, the ice cream, I would, but yeah, moose droppings. I'm good. You can do that. The the Mary Hill Market where that I live near, Simon. They have um, moose droppings. No, they have Quartha Dairy ice cream that they have. Oh, that cool. they like import and you can get. Yeah, try try moose tracks. Maybe I will. As long as it's not peanut butter, because you know my stance on peanut butter. I don't like it. Yeah, I shouldn't have got those two confused because those are very different. I just said two different things and said that they're the same yeah. thing. Yeah. I just don't like there's something about peanut butter. Honestly, I like it's weird. Peanuts are a weird thing. And I feel like eventually I could train myself to really enjoy it. Cause I like peanuts. I I legitimately like eating peanuts. I will eat the shit out of some peanuts. You have that next to a beer. God damn, that's a good that's a good meal right there. But you make that peanuts into peanut butter and you put it on bread, just not for me. I don't know why. It's just there's something in my brain that's like not a fan. Not a fan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no bread here. It's just this is ice cream. So no worries. Yeah, I'm aware. But just like even like Reese's peanut butter cups, I'm just like, I don't want peanut in my chocolate. I think you would like this. I honestly think you would like this. What about what about uh, peanut buster parfait at Dairy uh, Dairy Queen? You ever have one of those? Mm-mm, no. You never tried one. No. Oh man, that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing at Dairy Queen for sure. Anyways, there's fudge in this, and I don't actually know if this is Quartha Dairies uh, designed initially because I there's actually a moosetracks.com and Quartha Dairies is dairy is nowhere listed here. So maybe that's just a a different trademark flavor that I'm just not aware of. Maybe they trademarked the flavor at Quartha Dairy. I don't know. But regardless, it is peanut butter cups, by, by the way, just mm. to set the record straight. Okay, yeah, I don't know if I'd like it. Peanut butter cups, streams of, of fudge in them as well. Yeah. And every scoop, Adrian, it melts in your mouth. That's what it says. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I'm a cookies and cream guy myself. I love cookies and cream. You know what I actually like too? Just like a vanilla ice cream with like little chocolate like slivers. That's simple. Ooh, what is that called? Stretchatella? What's stretchatella? Stretchatella ice cream? Isn't that the, the what? It, you're like almost chocolate chips, though. I'm just talking about like stretched, mm. like small, like high surface area chocolate chunks Stretch inside. Stretchatella. Stretchatella. I think Stretch. what you're saying is the same. Because I'm not talking about like fudge streaks. I'm talking about like Egg drops. hard pieces what? of chocolate that will crunch. Ice cream. Stretchatella is a variety of gelato consisting of milk-based ice cream filled with fine, irregular shavings of chocolate. So it's not that? Not shavings necessarily. I do like, I do like, you know, like, yeah, the, like chocolate and vanilla. That's a good combo. 
get, you yes. know, like nice chunks. Yes. When I was a kid, I used to put Nutella in my vanilla ice cream. Wow. It was good. That's strange, but okay. It's really good. But yeah, cookies and cream. Adrian, you scream, I scream. We all scream for Scream 6. So, Oh yeah, fuck. Um, are you going to talk about Scream 6? That's, that's <laughs> what we're talking about, ice cream here. Makes no sense, but yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm freaking stoked for this, man. So like I, yeah, again, I'm a new Scream fan and it's one of like, it, I'm, it's really great franchise. I really love these movies. I think they all, uh, you know, have their, their merits that I don't think they're all like phenomenal. You know, the first one's definitely um, stellar. And I, I would make the argument that Scream 5 is, I think my favorite, honestly, out of the five movies that I've watched, and it's it's brilliant. You know, Scream 2 is really good. I, I really like Scream 2. Scream 3 is probably my least favorite, and then Scream 4 is pretty damn great as well. And what's cool about this is a lot of the cast that's been announced for this movie is that some of them didn't or at least it seemed like they didn't make it out alive in their respective films that they were a part of, which I'm kind of curious about and kind of, I wonder how they're going to explain that sort of stuff. I imagine if Courtney Cox is coming back, you know, Neve Campbell is going to come back. You want to have that. Um, and, um, quick aside, again, we've, we've talked about quite a bit of video games this month, but, um, there's a, there's a game coming out by Supermassive called the quarry, which is like a choose your own adventure, like horror game, um, that David Arquette, who also stars in the Scream movies, like he's he's one of the untouchables, as they say, in the Scream movies, he he stars in, which I'm very excited for. And he's an awesome character in the Scream franchise, Dewey. Um, and I really, yeah, I think this is this is brilliant. And the the directors of Scream 5 and the writers of Scream 5, all four of those people, they really understood what made Scream great. It's a meta whodunit murder mystery slasher flick and they you know took that theme and and took that you know aspect of of these of, of this franchise and and made something phenomenal out of it that again i would make the argument it is it's my favorite and i would say to many people that it that they would probably consider it the best since the first one so them coming back and making you know, the, these four creators coming back and making the sixth one. And then again, bringing back these characters from old and even new, like with Scream 5, as well as again, Scream 4 was that kind of in-between call that came out in 2011, uh, as you mentioned, which was many years after, you know, the, the original Scream trilogy. It's super cool to see. And I can't freaking wait for this. This is like one of my most anticipated movies, um, genuinely. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, I think... I think what they've done here with this franchise, it's fun, it's cool, it's top tier horror. And I, I would I would highly recommend you watch this, Simon, like this franchise, because it although it's horror, it's very unique and it's different. And they, you know, the the, the meta commentary aspect is really funny and, and it, there's a lot of levity throughout the, the the series and the franchise and the aspect of every movie that you're watching. It's like a whodunit, like anyone could be the killer. And it's kind of awesome to, you know, try to figure it out as the story, you know, progresses throughout throughout the movies. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very stoked for this. I know I talked to Ken a bit about Scream 5 um, and he totally agreed that like scream five is you know a scream movie it's incredibly well done it's it's the i i think it's the only one that's not directed by um god damn it um oh my god his uh 
Jesus Christ. Wes Craven, sorry. That took my brain had a huge fart. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's the only one that's not directed by Wes Craven. Are you lactose fe- intolerant? Maybe too much. I kind of am, actually. But Too much I scream. Yeah, exactly. Um, you are actually lactose intolerant? I like. I don't want to go into too much detail, but anytime I eat okay, a no, lot of cheese, it, it's, fine. it's not good for my stomach. Let's just say. It's fine. Let's talk about scream. I, I wouldn't say intolerant, but I definitely have like... I ain't having a good time if I eat a lot of cheese is all I'm saying. Mm. Okay. Um, Sounds good. You continued. You're like, I don't want to go into detail. And then you just kept going. Okay. We get it. We get it. It's good. Yeah. Like scream five. It's, it's the first and only one not directed by Wes Craven, but it still feels like a Wes Craven movie. And it still feels like a part of the scream franchise. And, and it, it, it takes everything that came before it and, you know, just makes something amazing out of it. So, I'm very excited for this. And again, I highly, highly recommend this uh, this franchise to you. The first four Scream movies are all on Amazon Prime Video here in Canada. At least they were when I watched it a few months back. And uh, Scream 5, I don't know if it's on anything yet, um, but it's worth a rental. Um, mm. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Uh, interestingly, Hayden Penetier's last film or TV thing that she was in, I believe, it was Nashville in 2018 when that show wrapped up. Oh, so she's been on a little hiatus. It looks like it. Like the big, well, I, I don't know if she maybe was in smaller stuff, but like the, the last big thing that she was in mm-hmm. apparently was that. Save the save the cheerleader, save the world, Simon. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Indeed. Indeed, Adrian. Indeed. Well, let's move on now. On to the montage, Adrian, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present 11 of the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one. As announced by the BBC, sex education actor Nakuti Gatwa has been officially chosen as the 14th actor to play the iconic role of Time Lord Doctor Who. Ooh, he's great in uh, sex education, so this is good for him, although I have no attachment to Doctor Who. Number two. According to Deadline, the fourth season of the John Krasinski Amazon Prime spy series Jack Ryan will be its last. Amazon is apparently looking to create a Jack Ryan spin-off series with Narcos Mexico actor Michael Pena cast as the show's lead. Hmm, interesting timing for John Krasinski to uh, leave this very popular show. Hmm. Number three, as announced by Disney on their Star Wars Twitter page, production has officially begun on the Star Wars Ahsoka series starring Rosario Dawson. Cool beans, man. Cool beans. Number four. As reported by Deadline, Amazon has renewed the Robbie Amell starring comedy series Upload for a third season. You didn't like this show, right? I remember you watched a couple episodes. Yeah, so I watched the first episode and I thought that the jokes were cringy and that there was a moment in it that made no sense. Like, it was a small plot hole, but it still bothered me. So I I bailed on it for the second episode, unfortunately. Maybe it's good, though, because it seems to be well-reviewed and well-loved, Adrian. Number five, according to Variety, the Sylvester Stallone starring upcoming Paramount Plus featured crime drama Tulsa King has just cast Tron legacy actor Garrett Hedlund in a series regular role. Oh, okay, okay. Number six, as The Hollywood Reporter notes, Severance actor Christopher Walken has just been cast as Emperor Shaddam IV in director Denis Villeneuve's Dune Part Two. He joins new Dune cast members Florence Pugh and Austin Butler in an already stacked cast list. Ooh-wee. Severance, another show I still got to watch. Jesus Christ. So good, man. Uh, I know. Number seven. As Variety reports, Marriage Story actor Adam Driver, Game of Thrones actor Natalie Emmanuel, 
The Matrix actor, Lawrence Fishburne, Ray Donovan actor John Voight, and the last King of Scotland actor, Forrest Whitaker, each have been cast in the Godfather director Francis Ford Coppola's long gestating film Megalopolis. Ooh, cool. Good cast. Number eight. As entertainment website IGN reports, director David Leach's Brad Pitt starring action film Bullet Train has been delayed for a second time, this time for just one week. As opposed to premiering on July 29th, 2022, it will now debut on August 5th, 2022. Oh, weird. I wonder why. Number nine. As Deadline reports, Network AMC is officially working on a TV series adaptation of game developer Remedy's action horror video game series, Alan Wake. That's a great game. I I love that game. This is kind of cool. Number 10. As Variety reports, streaming service Hulu has canceled the Patton Oswalt starring animated series MODOK after its first season. That's too bad. I never watched it, but I heard it was pretty okay. Number 11. As Variety reports, a sequel to thriller film A Simple Favor is in the works from A Simple Favor director Paul Feig, with actor Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick reprising their roles. That's kind of wild that they're just making a sequel to this movie. I didn't realize it was that popular. I did watch it in theaters. It was pretty good. And that concludes the montage. Blah, blah, blah. Pretty good. Yes. Yes, Adrian. What do you got for me, my friend? What do you got for me? Simon, I got new releases for you. Ooh. Yeah, it's for the week of May 16th to May 22nd. That's a Monday to a Sunday, as per usual, my friend. And the first movie that's coming out is coming out on Monday, the 16th of May. And it is Peace by Chocolate. This is confirmed by Landmark Cinema's website, Simon. Another source that I started adding to this list. Coming to theaters. And this is a movie about um, a Syrian refugee um, who struggles between following his dream um, or carrying on his family's legacy. What was that? Hello? Do you hear something? Yeah? No, what's up? Oh, maybe I'm like schizophrenic. I could have sworn I just heard someone whisper in my ear. Um, Are you serious? Yeah. Hmm. Like it sounded like Siri was going off or something. Oh, man. I'm scared for you now. It's possible. Is someone behind you? I'd like you to do a quick spin in your chair. Just make sure no one's around in the area so that we can make sure you're safe, Adrian. Just make sure you're safe. All right, one second. Let me check behind the couch. Hello? Nope. Nobody. Okay. It's just get schizophrenia or something. I don't know. <sighs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so a Syri- about a Syrian refugee that struggles between following his dream or carrying on his family's legacy after his father's chocolate factory gets bombed. Oh, damn. Yeah. Apparently, it looks like a, like I saw the trailer. It seems like very lighthearted, actually. Oh. And interesting. So, you know, finding positive in a very awful situation. So. Hmm. Okay. Um, the next movie that's coming out is coming out on Tuesday, May 17th. It's a movie called Echo, which is E-C-C-O, or I imagine that's how you pronounce it. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's all I got to say about that. I didn't really look into it. <laughs> sure. Um. The next movies that are coming out are coming out on Wednesday, May the 18th, Simon. And the first one is a movie called Cyber Hell, exposing an internet horror. It's a Netflix original documentary telling the story of two female college students, a group of journalists, and the cybercrime police officers who chase down an online criminal network of sexual exploitation. Wow. Yeah. Next up is a movie called La Familia Perfecta. 
which means The Perfect Family in English. And this is a Netflix original Spanish comedy film, Simon. Hmm. Next up is Toscana, which is a Netflix original Danish romance movie. Okay. Okay. Not the dessert, Simon, but the but the language and the country and the culture of Danish. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You sound incredibly well educated. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, Downton Abbey. Not Downtown Abbey. I wrote Downtown Abbey. You sure did. It's Downton Abbey. Yeah. Uh, a new era. This is uh coming to this is confirmed by Cineplex. It's coming to theaters. This is based on the Downton Abbey television series, which I know is incredibly popular. I'm pretty sure my mother really likes this franchise. So they're making a movie about it and uh, presumably about a new era of it, of the Downton Abbeys. Yes. Mm -hmm. Did you even say the title was Downton Abbey, A New Era? I thought so, didn't I? I don't know. And uh, the only way for us to know is would be to listen back on the podcast. So I guess we'll just uh, wait until we... Yeah, let me know. Let me know. Hear it. You let me know. Okay, I will. Okay, you will. Next up is Thursday, May 19th. A couple films coming out on that day. The first one is a movie called A Perfect Pairing, which is a Netflix original rom-com about a wine company person that travels to Australia to bag a rich client. A wine company person, yes. Yeah, they work for a wine company. Very good. I think Victoria Justice is the actress for this. Oh, wow. From Disney stuff, I'm pretty sure. Or Nickelodeon, I don't remember. I think it wasn't Disney, was it? I don't remember. Was was she in um Downton Abbey? No, uh the the Victoria Justice. Wasn't she in um Zoe Zoe's last Zoe yeah, Zoe one oh one. Zoe one oh one. Yes. But that's Nickelodeon. Zoe one oh one. Oh, that is Nickelodeon. There you go. That did there play on Family Channel though, I could have sworn. Maybe not. I thought so too. I wonder if Family Channel in Canada is different. Mm. Could be why. I'm not sure. Then Disney Channel, yeah. Right, yeah. Because there's Disney Channel. Anyway, she was in that. Okay. Next up is a movie called The Photographer, Murder in Pinamar, which is a Netflix original documentary looking at the events of the late 90s that saw the murder of photojournalist Jose Luis Cabezas. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Now, the next movies are all coming out on Friday, May 20th. Simon Dennis Eady. And the first one is a movie called Fuck Love 2. Yikes. It's a Netflix Dutch rom-com movie about several friends turning to each other for help after failed relationships. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. Would you turn to me if your relationship failed? Ideally, it will never. But if it does, would you turn to me? For what? If your relationship failed, would you turn to me? What would I turn? Yeah, I would. I, for I, I would turn to you and say, "Hello, Adrian. My relationship has failed." Is what you would say verbatim yeah, uh, yeah i would i would tell you that in that tone as well i would say that my my relationship has failed goodbye i was like simon you're you're breaking the podcast rules but i feel like this is a a, a good time to do so is what i would say back to you no i would just no 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 I would not break the podcast rules. I would record the podcast with video, and then I would spin in my uh, spinning desk chair. You have a spinning desk chair? I'd spin around, like like uh, whatever the guy's name is, Mon Calamari. And I would say, instead of it's a trap, I would say, my relationship has failed. And then we would talk about film and TV. Mm. No need to break the podcast for that. Yeah, fair enough. That just You saying calamari reminded me that Chuck's Roadhouse took calamari off the menu. 
I love fried, like good fried calamari. Me too. Like, yeah, like when it's breaded really well and whatever. Like there was this restaurant in um, in Markham, Ontario. Adrian, I don't think you've tried it, but maybe. Uh, it's called Frankie Tomatoes. It had a, a leaning tower of pizza. It closed down. Yeah. Did I talk about this on this podcast? I can't remember. You maybe talk. You either talked about this on this podcast, or you talked about it to someone while I was there, and I remember you saying these things. Yeah, of course, because we don't talk outside this podcast, as we just said. But never have, never will. Right, but in general, it was really cool. There was like a leaning tower of pizza in front of the the, the like the restaurant. It's a buffet, and they had such good calamari, and it was a mm. buffet. So I would like constantly go there, and I would like just wait for the moment where I could go up and just get that calamari. They had like this crazy lunch special price. It was like twelve dollars mm-hmm. or some ridiculous thing, and for like a like a full Italian buffet, which had pretty honestly great food. Yeah. Um, like compared to like the Mandarin, which doesn't have bad food necessarily, but it it, it is twenty five dollars, and even Ooh. for lunch, it's expensive. You know what I'm saying? Crab fest at the Mandarin, dude. Mm. Very good. Yeah, we should do it. We should do it sometime. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll be too busy eating to talk, so that's good because we can't talk about this podcast. But yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Would you say that you like how often did you go to Frankie Tomatoes? So actually, my dad's office. He used to have an off like his his business. He he has a small business. It was right situated right next to it. It was like down the street. Mm-hmm. You could walk there within like five minutes. So we would go there for lunch constantly, and I would just keep saying, let's go to Frankie Tomatoes every day. And he's like, shut up. You're here to work here. Because I was working with him uh, mm-hmm. at the time um, in his print shop. So that was uh, I was supposed to be helping him, but I, I just kept talking about Frankie Tomatoes. I feel like I was annoying. Probably, yeah. But Frankie Tomatoes is pretty good. And now it's closed down because of COVID, which would, sucks. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Would you say that you've eaten a giant squid's worth of calamari? In your lifetime, yeah, like like the kraken, like the kraken, the kraken's worth, or no, like a giant squid. There's like giant squids are real. Oh, like a, just a giant squid. Well, yeah. I don't like. There's no offense, Adrian, but just like human beings, there's lots of sizes of giant squid. So that's incredibly vague. Sure, yes, that's wild. That's a lot of calamari, dude. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Not the kraken's worth though. That's way too big. And Adrian, just to follow up, because I want to make sure that we were we are thorough. You know, because you know, for anything on this podcast, we're thorough. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Family Channel in Canada was uh, is owned by a company called Wild Brain, or at least it's actually only recently purchased by Wild Brain. It used to be owned by Chorus Entertainment, but it was a Canadian subsidiary that owned it, which is neat. So there was a lot of Family Channel Disney content. But that's just because they specifically sourced a lot of the content from Disney. It doesn't make it mm. that it was a Disney-owned thing. I always figured that Family Channel was Disney-owned, and it's just not. Me too. It's Canadian. That's cool. Okay, good to know. Yeah, it was launched in 1988. Hmm. The year of our Lord, Simon. In in what way? I don't know. I didn't think you were going to press me on it. Yeah, well, you should know better at this point. But anyways, Adrian, what's the next movie coming out? Chip and Dale. Rescue Rangers. Nice. It's coming to Disney Plus, Simon, and all I wrote here is heck yeah, because I loved Chippendale Rescue Rangers when I was a kid. This one has Andy Samberg and John Mulaney. It does. But this looks great. It looks wacky, man. Is it going to be good? I hope so. Because this is not, like, this is even weird that they're calling it Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and this is what it is, because it, yeah. it's pretty strange. These cartoon characters are, are living in real life, looks like New York City. So like live action New York City. And one of them is an animated. One of them is CGI. Yes. One of them is animated with like hand-drawn animation and the other one is CGI. And they reference Roger Rabbit, which I really like. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I really think that movie's great. 
So I've, I must have seen Roger Rabbit yeah. like 20 times, I feel like, in my, my youth. And the villain is like a, like an old Peter Pan. I didn't see that part. So I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, it looks good, but I'm hesitant, I got to say. That's, yeah, that's just coming out to Disney+. Plus. Eh? It's, I don't think it's coming out to theaters at all, eh? Is that that's why you wrote Disney Plus here? But no, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, it's just Disney Plus. Okay, alrighty, yeah, but yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, Peter Pan is played by Will Arnett in it. Will Arnett is in kind of everything lately. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's amazing. Just keeps showing up in everything. Yeah, P- sorry, Peter Pan. I don't remember. I just watched the trailer for this, and I do not remember Peter Pan being in this. I think he was in a TV spot. Okay. Next up is a movie called The Villette. This is a Hulu original movie, so it might be. No, no, no. Hmm? Sorry, it's not Valet. It's Valet. Valet. Valet? Yeah. Oh, oh you, I, I thought you were joking. I am. Oh, you were. There's no Axante Goo on there, Simon. I see. There's no Axante Goo. But this is a Hulu original uh, movie, so maybe Disney Plus, maybe Amazon. I don't know. But this stars Eugenio, Eugenio Derbez who is most recently in Coda and Samara Weaving. And it's a rom-com movie. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Next up is the movie called The Race to Alaska. This is confirmed by Landmark. This is coming to theaters. This is a documentary following people racing to Alaska using boats or something. Yes. And then the final movie that's coming out that I'm actually very excited for that I want to watch this week is a movie called Men. Simon, and this is confirmed by Cineplex and theaters. And the reason I want to watch this movie about men is because it's about men, bro. You know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's an Alex Garland um, movie. I really loved Ex Machina and um, his that other movie. Why am I forgetting it? With Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac. Annihilation. Annihilation. Really great movie. And this movie looks really good. It looks kind of spooky and terrifying. I'm very excited for this. Yes. And that's it. That's all, baby. Men is 86% of Rotten Tomatoes, Adrian. So Ooh. pretty well reviewed so far, but not certified fresh only because it's only gotten 49 reviews so far, which mm. is really weird because the reviews seem to be really trickling in like very slowly. I did, uh, the first thing I saw for this was not Rotten Tomatoes score. It was a reviewer. I don't remember where. I was on some website and I, I read the review for from them and they had rated it as a rotten movie. Like they they thought it was a, Four out of five or some shit. I think it was... Four out of ten, you mean? Four out of ten, sorry. Yeah, four out of five would be pretty good. Um, I don't know where it was, though. No, I can't find it. But yeah, it does look really good. The trailer, the trailers that I've seen for this are mm. pretty brilliant so far. Yeah. But uh, yeah. 86% on Frankie Tomatoes. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting stuff, Adrian. Exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right, well... Since that was it, and that was all, as you said, Adrian, that ends our regular scheduled programming for this podcast. We we didn't have anybody write into us this week, um, although audience, you can write into us at spillfocuspodcast at gmail and we would love it if you did because we would feature your comment, question, or correction on this show. So if we said something stupid that is clearly not true, I want you to correct us. I personally, Simon Eady, want you to correct that mistake that we made. I want to know the mistake and I want to present it on the show. If there's just a comment or a question or a weird quirky, you know, remark that you'd like to make towards us, please do. It can be even be one sentence. It could, it could be one word. Just say, hey, you losers. I hate potatoes. I don't care what it is. Just write into us at spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. Adrian, 
Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to say to our audience before we wrap this guy up? Anything else you want to say to me, Simon? Because, I mean, you're not going to see me for another week or hear from me at least. Uh, no. No, not really, man. I'm a little hungry, so I might cook something up quick. Got some tempura shrimp in my freezer. Maybe I'll make another sushi bowl. Who knows? Yes. So many options available, Simon. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, so I don't know. And like I said, I'm going to make shahi paneer this week. I'll let you know how that goes. And um, I'll try to remember to bring a Pepsi and a Coke to next week's episode. Yes. Good. Good. Yeah. Very good. Okay, then. Well, that's it. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the 98th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. It is I, Adrian Pinter, signing off. And uh, one thing I do want to add is, although I never got to go to Frankie Tomatoes, you know who did get to go to Frankie Tomatoes? Batman from Batman v Superman, which is a great movie. Huh? It's an awesome movie. I don't think so. I don't think you did. And uh, so is Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City Town, Village Place. Good movie. Yes. Yes. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City Place, went to Frankie Tomatoes. Not a good movie, yeah. but it went to Frankie Tomatoes. I, I see the connection. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. But sorry, real quick aside. I know this is the end. They uh, released the teaser for the Netflix Resident Evil um, series. Yep. Doesn't look like Resident Evil at all. Um, so we'll see how that is. But I'll watch it. But it looks good, though. But it looks good. It, no, not, I don't know. It's just a little teaser trailer. We'll see. It kind of looked good to me. I was kind of shocked. I was like, oh, I might actually like this. Yeah. I'm going to watch it for sure. You know, it has Lance Reddick in it, which is already a a win in my books. So. Mm. Well, goodbye, audience. Take care. Goodbye.